The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light hath shined. Bethlehem, long ago. Luke chapter 2. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And all they that heard it wondered. They wondered means they were both in awe and they had questions. Their minds could not wrap themselves around this this story, even though they saw it. To believe it and to understand it is a whole other thing. They wondered, they had questions, but did they have the right questions? Because Christmas is always about asking the right questions. And tonight, we'll ask the questions that a holy night brings so that Christmas might come into our hearts once again. Now, a story I've told you, a story you know The father who loved sent his son to be bold. This baby's from heaven. Now everyone knows. What an incredible, astounding story. A story of shepherds and royalty. A story of grandeur and simplicity. A story of the wisdom of the ages and the soft first breaths of a baby born in obscurity. What an incredible, astounding story. But there's a problem with the story. There's always been a problem with the story. We know it all so well that we can easily miss the overarching implications. For Christmas is not just a story for the ages. It's not a legend or a brilliant work of fiction as some would have us to believe. Christmas is a series of questions you must answer tonight and again tomorrow and again the next day. Christmas has always been couched in these holy night questions. But it's easy when things are so busy all around us. It's easy to be asking the wrong questions. I answered the wrong question just the other day. 
I'm a grandpa. They call me grandpa. I have an eight-year-old granddaughter, a six-year-old granddaughter, a two-year-old granddaughter, and, and a 10-week-old granddaughter. All girls. Just amazing, astounding. I don't know what to do sometimes. They're jumping, they're leaping into my arms off of the stairs. We're bouncing on couches. We're watching the sound of music together. And we're singing the songs of Frozen together over and over and over again. But when you have granddaughters, sooner or later, you will take the pilgrimage. You will go to the place where all granddaughters want their grandpa and grandma to go. And so we journeyed far and wide and we came unto the great city of the American girl where you can be forever, where girls are happy all the time, where there are outfits that your mother used to wear. Uh, she's an inspired dancer. She has a little bear by her side. She has two little cute puppies. They all have puppies. The puppies are abounding there. It's timeless stories. It's inspiring characters. It's endless possibilities. And I began to be overwhelmed. I was dizzy. From, from breathing the air inside of this great emporium of dolls. And then it happened. I saw, take your photo with Isabel. I didn't know Isabel. I didn't know anything about her. But suddenly I found magically drawn to her. And I thought she might feel drawn to me. So I thought I would take my picture with her. Thereby, I'm forever immortalized. Me and Isabel, Isabel and me. It's the overwhelming wonder of the American Girl store. And then the question appeared as I was going out the door with the bags. The question appeared, where will your inner star take you? Where will your inner star take you? And I pondered and I pondered and I pondered the question. And then I realized there's obviously only one place your inner star could ever take you to the American Girl store. So we will all go back. We'll be ever, forever drawn back to that place of mystery and wonder where I left my heart with Isabel. It's easy to answer the wrong questions, but let's answer the right questions tonight because in answering these questions, you will find yourself at Christmas. The first of three Holy Night questions is simply this. How big is your Bethlehem? Where does Bethlehem touch the border of your life? How big is it? This is the question of awareness. See, tonight is the first Christmas Eve for me that I get to talk about Bethlehem after having been in Bethlehem just eight weeks ago. I was there. I saw the walls. I saw the checkpoints. I saw the guns. I saw the guards the place where the baby Jesus once lay in a manger is a difficult place to be even unto this day. And then I went to have lunch at a place in town in Bethlehem. And it's a, it's a church, but it's really an art center. The man who founded it 19 years ago, his name is Dimitri. And I had lunch with Dimitri and a bunch of other friends. And at that lunch, Dimitri said something that I will not soon forget. He said, there is so much religion, God can't handle it. He is saying, give me a break. And these words of Dimitri's were echoed many, many centuries before by the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 1, God says, if you pray to me, I won't listen. 
If you gather together, I, I just can't handle it anymore because all you're doing is supporting yourselves. All you're doing is posturing and playing at religion and I can't handle it, God said long ago. And he's saying it today in Bethlehem. And so rather than having something where people just gather to do church, Dimitri said, we will create a community of people. We will do, we will do dance and we will do theater. We will do things and everybody will come regardless of the religion. People will, be, will come and they will come to hear the story of the one who was born in this place. How big is your Bethlehem? Where do the borders of Bethlehem touch your life? Every time you forgive, it's because of Bethlehem. Every time you reach out to do something that you don't really have to do, but you are compelled to do by God's love, you are going to a place called Bethlehem. Every time you allow God to do something in you and through you, you are, by being his hands and his feet, you are living in and through Bethlehem. For the answer to how big is your Bethlehem is always and has always been, how big do you want it to be? Do you want it to touch every moment of your everyday life when you go to work, when you go to school, when you stay at home with children? Do you want Bethlehem to overwhelm you? Do you want the light of the last star of of who Jesus is and who he will always be? Do you want it to motivate you deeply, spiritually, to live the life that only God can help you to live? Yet in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. How big is your Bethlehem? This is the question of awareness that Christmas asks. The second question is simple again. Is his story your story? This is the question of value. This past weekend in the Wall Street Journal, a New York City pastor was, was interviewed. He was interviewed because he has one of the largest congregations in a city where you do not expect to see large Christian congregations. And so they wanted to find out, why do people gather to hear you talk about Jesus? And this is what he said. Every other religion has a founder that says, I'll show you the way to God. Only Christianity of all the major world religions has a founder that says, I'm God, come to find you. If that's right, he has to be the superior way to find God. If it's wrong, then it's an inferior religion. Not a lot of wiggle room there, even on Christmas. And so even in the Wall Street Journal, we hear the echoes of this question, is his story your story? How much value do you place upon this baby born in a manger? Possessions of the powerful can become extremely valuable, even priceless. Napoleon's toothbrush sold for $21,000. Jackie's fake pearls, fake pearls sold for $211,500. They were fake. JFK's wooden golf clubs went for over three quarters of a million dollars. Winston Churchill's desk 
sheet music from Beethoven, a house once owned by Hemingway. All were sold at many times their intrinsic value. Not because the items themselves were worthy of great price, but because they once belonged to someone significant. Is his story your story? What value do you place upon this baby's birth? December 25th wasn't recognized as Christmas Day until the third century. There is no mention of December 25th in the New Testament. By the end of the eighth century, Christians... Christmas was celebrated throughout Europe, but much of it was parties and revelry on into the night, so much so that the Puritans who came here many centuries later were opposed to Christmas celebrations. In 1644, the Massachusetts legislature passed a law that fined anyone who celebrated Christmas five shillings. Five shillings. You're fined. Drop that tinsel. Drop that ornament back away from Santa slowly. Our traditional Christmas began in the 1800s with Christmas trees showing up about 1848. And 110 years later, aluminum trees arrived. Is his story your story? What value, what value do you connect from your life to his life? And what is, the, what is the development of that value? What's the investment of that value? Where does that go? What, is it, what does it look like? How big is your Bethlehem? Is his story your story? And the third and last question, it's a simple question. What do we do now? What do we do now? This is the question of connecting the dots. I call it connecting the dots because if you don't connect the dots, you don't know where things go. You don't know the final result of something. One of my favorite commercials is about connecting the dots. Maybe you remember it. When the cable company keeps you on hold, you feel trapped. When you feel trapped, you need to feel free. When you need to feel free, you try hang gliding. When you try hang gliding, you crash into things. When you crash into things, the grid goes down. When the grid goes down, crime goes up. And when crime goes up, your dad gets punched over a can of soup. Don't have your dad get punched over a can of soup. They connected the dots. They connected it all the way through. It matters when you connect the dots. It helps you to know where you're going, what you're supposed to do, what the end result must be. So the other day I received an email in the subject line. It said, classroom. That's all it said, classroom. There was nothing, there was no other text. It said, classroom. And there was a picture I'm supposed to click on. So I click on the picture and this is what I see. Classroom. And I go, oh, I remember this. I stood there when the wall was, was actually there. When the school wall was up and, and protecting the children, whether it rained or whatever was going to happen. It gave them a place where they could be and they could study. I remember standing there with my friend, Pastor Michelle, looking at a crack that had begun at the top of the wall. And he looked at it and he said, the wall is going to fall down. And I looked with him and I said, yeah, 
it's going to fall down. But there were too many other things to do and too many places to go. And so I stopped thinking about it until I get an email that says classroom. Notice one kid thinks this was a divine miracle in his life. He's free to leave school. He's looking at, at there's no wall. Now he can make a run for it. But, uh, you know, classroom, and, and I'm going, this isn't a classroom anymore. This is, this is a project. This is a tragedy. This is something, you know, the, the roof is really starting to fall down too if you look from another angle. And, and these kids deserve better than this. So I start to, to connect the dots. The wall fell down. The kids are at risk. We've got to do something. We've got to connect the dots and make something happen. Christmas is always saying, what do we do now? What do we do for him? What do we do with him? How do we change the world? How do we fix what's broken? How do we take care of people that are marginalized? How do we, how do we feed the hungry? How do we clothe the naked? How do we visit the sick and in prison? These are the things he said we must do. These are the things he said he was all about. What do we do now? We change the world with him and through him. We let him change the world in us and through us. This is the connection of, this is the question of connecting the dots. You see, if you go back and connect the dots in the gospel of John, the most beautiful and personally meaningful I am's are found there. Let's connect them. There are seven. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. He's saying, connect the dots. It all begins with me. It all ends with me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's all about us doing things together that change somebody's world somewhere. What do we do now? Christmas is answering the questions day after day, year after year, following him, figuring out what's most important in life and doing it and not being weary from doing what he's asking us to do. Now a story I've told you, a story you know. The father who loved sent his son to be bold. This baby's from heaven. Now everyone knows. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. How big is your Bethlehem? Is your story his story? What do we do now? It's a holy night. He was the last star to show us the way home and to show us how to live and to show us how to bring faith and life together as you answer these questions. You will find yourself in the middle of Christmas. Merry Christmas. Dear Heavenly Father, you have called us to do good things. You have called us to be lights in the world because you were the light of the world. Oh, Heavenly Father, in this moment, as Christmas is just breaths away, in this moment, Father, press the truth into our hearts. Call us to 
to answer these holy night questions. Allow us, through your grace, to change the world you gave your life for. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.